0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Oh, turn off that damn music. Yeah, I'm your host Paladino Joey or Joey Wojan. Purple Mafia is available on the stuff.com iTunes, Stitcher and Double Twist. Yeah, I'm back on here and yes, the Vikings lost 38 to 25 to the Green Bay Packers. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Nice little bucket of coal. Yeah, 38-25 and it might as well have been 38-13 because that's basically what it was for the longest period of time. <sighs> Do you want an in-cap game review, or do you really care? I don't know. Um, I'm going to do the best I can to give you something here. Uh, just to analyze the situation. It is what it is. Vikings defense, there was a pass rush during the course of the game. And, yes, I'm recording this right now on uh, Christmas Eve. Not long after the game at all. Uh, but this show, obviously, going to be released possibly Sunday night, Christmas night. So, just letting you know, obviously, with the festivities coming up. So, that's why the show is being released later Stuff like that. So I'm having to record the show in pieces, if you get the idea. Better to record things while they're fresh. Um, This isn't exactly a team heading into the postseason. This wasn't a playoff game, that type of thing. And it just, it is what it is. Uh, As they always like to say, this kind of sums up the season in a nutshell. This is symbolic of the season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, You saw a pass rush at some points in this game, and you also saw Aaron Rodgers torch the uh, secondary time and time again. Um, nobody could put a body on Jordy Nelson. You didn't see a single pass deflected in this game. Uh, it was just an absolute joke, but you also saw extremely good offense on the other side uh, when Aaron Rodgers, when Aaron Rodgers, when Sam Bradford wasn't on his back. But yes, again, not a single pass deflection. Just thread the needle all day, did uh, Aaron Rodgers. You saw Kendricks and Hunter, those guys, easily the best players throughout the entire game today. Anthony Barr, ooh, now he's more visible, and obviously there's a reason why he didn't see a whole lot of tackles, because he was, because Eric Kendricks is faster, and Anthony Barr, just as Mike Zimmer said during the week, was coasting most of the year, you know, called him out, now you see Anthony Barr show up, he was third on the team in total tackles of six overall, he almost had a sack, but of course he didn't get one, and that led to a Packer touchdown. Woohoo! That's just the way it always is, isn't it? Aaron Rodgers rolling out, then there you go. Bada-bing, bada-boom, guys open. And actually, it was a first down in that particular play, but eventually the drive led to a touchdown, one of 900 in this game, at least or so it felt like. Trey Waynes was beaten on numerous occasions. Sure, he made tackles after the ball was caught. Yay. Obviously, that's how you get a tackle. No pass deflections whatsoever. Andrew, Andrew Sandejo was awful on a... On a on numerous occasions, late all the time. I mean, the Jordy Nelson and all these other packet receivers, and I mean all of them for the most part. Geronimo Allison, whoever that is, you know what I mean? Geronimo Allison, really? Devontae Adams, of course, the name we've heard before, has dropped many passes uh, in the past and dropped some more today. But, uh, you know, <laughs> still, he was making catches at key times that got us killed along the way, including a touchdown. Uh, Jordy Nelson had two touchdowns total in the game, 154 yards. This is the guy he was before the injury to uh, before, before the injury early last season. Here he is, Jordy Nelson, ready to rock and roll. He started off the season slow, but of course, conveniently, Green Bay, just like somebody who had been slacking off all year in school, getting barely getting a getting an F right now, but making the big comeback at the end of the year so they can pass this pass the grade and hope for the best and move on to the next year. That type of thing. That's pretty much a Green Bay is cramming the books in in May so they can pass and move forward. Oh, goody. They also do look like a cute little team that will make a cute little playoff run and will get beat by a better team at some point along the way, be it in the second round or the NFC title game. But I do think the Green Bay Packers very likely will uh, will get past the wildcard round in the postseason. To me, there's almost no doubt about it. Luckily, the Vikings did stop Ty Montgomery. That was nice for the most part. Um, only 2.6 yards a carry in the game, along of only six. So that was good. But of course, the Packers were ahead most of the game. Oh, wait. Usually when you're ahead, you want to run the ball. But <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers was having too much fun passing it, so they just kept going. He had a perfect quarterback rating for the first quarter. That was fun. And after that, you saw him, oh, wow, somebody might have dropped a pass here and there. And he got sacked a few times, which was really nice to see. Even banged up to a point he had the wind knocked out of him by Eric Kendricks and and uh, <clears throat> uh, even more so, Daniel Hunter, who actually made more of a hit on the play. But both players credited for the sack. That was the half-and-half sack deal. He, that took place during the game today. Today, yesterday, whatever. <laughs> you get the idea. During the during Christmas Eve, we'll call it. Um, Aaron Rodgers overall for the day. 347 yards, four touchdowns. Quarterback rating, 136.6. Basically perfect. Like, perfect enough. Just a couple of incomplete passes. Oh, goody. Bradford had <clears throat> a huge game today. And you'll hear uh, Trey Buckholz rip him a bit on Facebook. I should read it. I should read it in the uh, in-game thoughts during the third segment, the fan interaction. But um, he had a good game overall, statistically, statistically. Um, The strip sack killed us, though, and so did many other things. There was a play where, excuse me, our center, our favorite center in the world out there, since it can't be Joe Berger for some reason. Nick Easton, who's a guy who most of us didn't even know who the heck he was, basically, just, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, strangest fumble I've seen. I mean, you're just trying to snap the ball. He doesn't even snap it. He just kind of rolls it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It just He just kind of rolled it end over end. I, I don't know what that was. Was the ball glued to the ground or was he just like, what the hell happened there? Like, was his was his hand-eye coordination that bad? Or was he that nervous, that much of a hurry to make a play? The Vikings offense finally showing some momentum. Well, of course, it was on occasion. The Vikings would get into the red zone, and they'd end up to settle for field goals, of course, on numerous occasions. The game should have been tied when it was 14-6 to and such, 7-3, to you know, situations like that. If Green Bay would march for touchdowns, we'd go for the field goal because we couldn't get in the red zone. Thankfully, Kai Forbath made those. But then, after making big plays, making big stops, you have a chance to actually really do something, and then you turn the ball over. Stuff like that. (laughs) You have big penalties. You go from 3rd and 1 to 3rd and 15. Stuff like that. And That was kind of the case. That's how you sum up the season right there. Again, Nick Easton literally just rolling the ball uh, backward. Uh, And of course recovered by Green Bay. That changed everything. Of course Green Bay, off that fumble recovery, touchdown, and then not long after that, after the Vikings had a big play to... Mr. Adam Thielen got us extremely excited because we're getting back in this thing. A 71-yard play to Adam Thielen after a 32-yard play earlier on in the game on the freebies drive that led to the Nick Easton fumble later, got us to midfield and such. (sighs) Then Sam Bradford is strip-sacked around midfield. Green Bay scores another touchdown, and it's like, okay, we're right back to this being a blowout game again. Um, For the record, Adam Thielen was absolutely awesome the entire game today. He was slowed down a bit in the third quarter because, well, of course he was. Ultimately, with 145 yards in the first half and a touchdown, finished with 202 yards and two touchdowns total, targeted 15 times, 12 receptions on the season. Adam Thielen's chances of making 1,000 yards, really good now. Um, Coming into the game, he had 758 yards and three touchdowns. Now, now he's at 960, so he only needs 40 more yards, and he has now has five touchdowns on the season. So, at least like a like you know a third third thir- a third uh, third receiver on your fantasy team, maybe fourth receiver that type of thing. But that ain't bad to have for those of you out there. Maybe if he was on your fantasy football team, you probably won because this is Super Bowl week. You probably are hoisting a trophy right now with numbers like that. If you just happen to have Adam Thielen in there for the hell of it, talk about. Uh, Talk about a spectacular play call <laughs> or a decision for those of you that just maybe put Adam Thielen starting, even if he's your third guy. So what? Good job. Wide receiver, running back, whatever. You won the game today, probably, and you're hoisting that, that little Fantasy Football League trophy uh, overall today, and good for you. Derek McKinnon, quirky as ever. Not bad, not great, but certainly not bad. I'd rather I'd rather have him than Adrian Peterson at this stage. He was solid in the game. He had that nice little 11-yarder right up the middle. I like that. 50 yards total on the day. Not bad. Uh, you, you couldn't use him too much because you are behind, but you did use him in the passing game on occasion to keep the chains moving, and that was nice. Five more catches for Jarek McKinnon on the season. Multi-purpose back. There it is. Uh, there's your starting running back, at least for now, depending on what happens in the draft. And of course, you don't have a first round pick, but maybe you don't need a first round pick. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings do take another running back somewhere in the draft. depending on how confident we are in Jarek mckinnon if he plays like he has the last couple weeks though i'll 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 take him as a starter for the time being and and see what happens maybe somebody else blows up at some point it just kind of it'll be like the old days before we had adrian peterson um eventually you got chester taylor and he ended up being really good but the old days before that you had guys that fought for the position some of them were better than others But then again, you had the really, really bad years with Mewaldi Moore and and Ontario Smith. I'm surprised I still remember that guy, who none of them were much of anything. Mewaldi was okay, but overall, nothing special. Um, Obviously, Michael Bennett was a bust of epic proportions, a wasted first-round pick. We thought he was going to be good, but he just wasn't. He had a good rookie year, pretty much. His second year, actually. His second year was much better. And then after that, it was downhill for him. Kind of like the Vikings' defense most of the way. You know, the linebackers generally and the and the defensive line were good for the most part, but it just seemed like if they weren't hitting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is making big plays and occasionally throwing an incomplete pass, but not too many. On occasion, he had a couple of incomplete passes, like mistake, like over, and of course he had throwaways because there was nobody open, <clears throat> stuff like that. That's just how it goes. Pardon me, I'm having trouble breathing in on occasion here, but of course after watching this, could you blame me? Uh Nick Perry recorded two sacks along the way. Just devastating. Clay Matthews was the guy that officially did the strip sack, and that guy kicked our butts the whole game, including multiple deflected passes in the game as well. Just frustrating to watch. This could have been this could have easily been a Vikings victory if if Aaron Rodgers was playing anything like he was earlier in the season, the Vikings would have won easily today, when you think about that. But for some reason, this Green Bay defense, which against so many other teams Usually just sucks. Like, they'll make a couple of big plays. It's a home run defense. They'll make a couple of big plays here and there that could change everything. But generally speaking, they gave up yards like you wouldn't believe. And, you know? And and they gave up a lot of yards today. 446. Actually, the Vikings had 98 more yards than the Green Bay Packers today. That's pretty damn alarming, to be quite honest. And, uh, well, it's frustrating as a fan. To see that, that we lost the game at such a wide margin. But sometimes yards aren't everything, I suppose. Kind of like, yeah, okay, maybe we won't get into that. <laughs> kind of like the issue that's been in the uh, A section the last several weeks. Yeah, the yards don't always mean as much as the final score. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that. That might be that might be a, that might be a, uh, <laughs> that might be a uh, uh, whatever. That might be a sour note for some of you out there. But it is what it is. I have to say it sometimes. Um, I'll leave that alone. You can figure that out. The Vikings made all four of their fourth downs today. You saw Matt Asiata move forward on numerous occasions, so that was nice. The offensive line was better in the run blocking today, probably the best they've been in I don't know how long. But again, it's a home run defense for Green Bay. They're very beatable. Um, It's just you know the pass rush from Green Bay was good. The run defense not so great. The pass defense not so great. It's all about the pass rush with Green Bay, and once they, when they're able to get it and, ho- and force turnovers. That's what kind of changed the game for this one. Um, an unforced error by Nick Easton, though. He was he was very Weston in that, on that play. Okay, whatever that means. I'll, I'll say Southern. He was pointing downward, and that's basically where he was pointing the ball as he was hiking it, and it just kind of rolled instead of went upward into Sam Bradford's hands, which is where it was supposed to go. Great. Um, and, of course, Bradford, again, the strip sack, and people complaining about that. Bradford needs to get rid of the ball, this and that. I Yeah, I'm having a hard time with that one, too. Generally, he does get rid of the ball, and then on occasion he doesn't. I don't know what to make of all of it. I'm confused, and Bradford is capable of putting up really big numbers. And with a good offensive line, he would look a lot better than he does behind a putrid offensive line. But is he the right quarterback for this team long-term? I have no idea. Would, would I like to see Teddy Bridgewater back healthy again? Yes, I would. I think it would be a better story for one. It's just, you know, especially if the Vikings were to end up winning the Super Bowl in U.S. Bank Stadium, as far away as that may sound right now, as illogical as that may sound right now, I would love to see Teddy Bridgewater be the quarterback of a of, uh, Super Bowl champion Vikings. Wouldn't that be the most beautiful story ever? It just would. <laughs> but um, overall today, it just you sum it all up. Aaron Rodgers kicked our butts. He's sharp. He's back, ready to roll. Jordy Nelson destroyed us. Uh, like he used to in the past. But at least we have a Jordy Nelson of our own and Adam Thielen. Um, Very capable of making big plays. Now, the 71-yard touchdown was obviously not a Randy Moss hoisted up and he catches it and boom, he just fried everybody. Now, he had his man beat, but they collided into each other. That kind of helped as well. Thielen probably would have at least had 40 yards on the play at minimum. He would have kept going yards after catch, but possibly there may have been somebody there to stop him. But when you had a collision between the defensive backs in Green Bay, that kind of pretty much sealed the deal, and Adam Thielen was able to, to just kind of take, uh, just to kind of just to trot right onto the end zone, and that was a beautiful thing, 71-yard play uh, to pay dirt. Nice to see that get completed, and we deeply, deeply appreciate it ultimately. Uh, hmm. It's too bad to see an offense play better and the defense still get beaten, crushed as much as it did. Yet at the same time, T.J. Clemmings can't protect Sam Bradford for his life. Uh, He was constantly getting helped because he had to get helped all the time. And whenever he wasn't helped, he would get beaten. Even sometimes when he was helped, the the defender would still get to Sam Bradford. And it just, again, it is what it is. Be it Perry or whoever. Uh, I believe it was Nick Perry along the way. Just crushed Mr. T.J. Clemmings time and time again. And uh, it was heartbreaking. Oh, <laughs> Latroy Cannon still getting major, major snaps every Green Bay. Kind of cool. I miss him. We could, we could use him right now. But of course, obviously, well, maybe he wouldn't qualify to be a starter on this line. Janil Hunter isn't even a starter, and he's just freaking awesome. Just, just wait till he's a full time guy. Oh man! But at the same time, even in in uh, relief, he can be a very good. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a very good energy guy in relief, and he makes big big plays. Not only does he sack and and uh, not only do a, does he deliver a great pass rush and sack the quarterback, but he can also get into the backfield and take the runner down. And Daniel Hunter on a numerous basis did it. So there are multiple guys today very deserving of Fran tarkington awards. I'm going to give it to three people. Um, Adam Thielen deserves, uh, deserves to get his name mentioned first because he was just so amazing and it gave us hope that we might win this thing. But two other guys also that gave us hope along the way. Eric Kendricks with two and a half sacks and eight total tackles along the way. Just absolutely fantastic. And yes, it was nice to see Harrison Smith back, but he did get beat on a couple uh, on occasion and it does happen. Um, Daniil Hunter is the third guy for the Fran Talkden Award. Sack and a half. He was just wreaking havoc the entire game and it was great to see the entire game. Um, so many dumb penalties including Cyril's as we were in the red zone and then Cyril's like just a stupid pointless penalty on a first down. We, we were able to get a first down and then the guy screws up and then eventually it leads us to kicking field goals and that's kind of been the again that's pretty much been a symbolic of the season as we continue to repeat time and time and time again. I'm amazed at how many games I've been played already, and uh, I, I guess they're all getting played today because of Christmas, so it is what it is. It's it's cool that they have, have it all, squeeze it all into Saturday, but it is what it is. You're not going to have anybody play on Christmas Day, so we'll leave that for the NBA. The NBA is just so important, right? <laughs> so we'll have a nice full review coming into uh, coming into the, uh, the second segment when we talk about the NFC North and how that's going. It's looking a lot like Green Bay as division champions. Certainly not set in stone, but the possibility does exist and persist. Oh goody. Aren't you happy that the Green Day Packers just might win this division? Aren't you happy? Yeah, it's just wonderful. I I can't tell you how happy I am about it. Um mm, just so happy. Mm. So I gave out the Fran Tarkin Award. Shall we pass out the <laughs> Christian Pond Memorial, TJ Clemings? The offensive line in general. TJ Clemmings, but also you could say the secondary was awful. Trey Waynes was lousy in the game, too. Sebastian, go ahead and bite my head off. I'm sure he doesn't like hearing that, but it is what it is. We're not going to agree on everything. Um, Trey Waynes was not good today at all. Uh, it's, it's nice to see him getting played, but not good. Um, nothing really impressive about him or really anybody. The special teams did nothing pretty much the whole game today. They couldn't return a single kick. Along the way, you never even saw Cordero Patterson touch the ball. But of course, that's just good coaching by the Green Bay Packers. Dare I say that uh, with all the with all the crap Mike McCarthy has taken, he just might end up getting another division championship on his uh, on his on his fireplace mantle, just another one. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the Cleveland Browns for about three seconds too in that second segment. So I guess we'll wrap things up here, short and sweet. I mean, it is what it is. Merry Christmas. I mean, I, I hope this doesn't bring you down too much. I think a lot of you were expecting the Vikings to not win today. Some of you were hoping they might just to at least knock Green Bay down and out completely out of the playoffs. They'd pretty much be done and that would be awesome. But now here we are. Um, now here we are. We're, we're done. We're eliminated. No, no surprise. Once you, once you lose your eighth game, forget about it. Uh, most of the time you're going to be eliminated unless you're somehow a division leader. Uh, but Green Bay on their way to a possible division title. Certainly not set in stone. It's all in Detroit and Dallas. That's a tough one. And then, of course, Green Bay and Detroit next week in Ford Field. That'll be a very, very, very interesting game to watch for those of you over there. And then we can wrap things up with the Chicago Bears. That'll be, of course, part of the preview segment coming up right after this. Now another installment of George Stories. Back in the early 2000s or so, my parents still had the old 91 Buick Century. So my dad wanted to bring the car in for an oil change and some other work and they figured leave it there. So he just had him and my mom bring two different cars. He he would drive the truck. She would drive the old car. So he figured, bring it on in. Figured it would be an easy plan. Very easy. The place is so close by in Golden Valley. Not a far distance. Mom uh, falls a tiny, tiny bit behind. Just a little bit. Because of the red light. And she gets all upset because my dad went through so quickly through that yellow light. And then she gets so nervous she doesn't know where to go. And then she just started to turn back home. My dad doesn't know this though. He gets this precision tune out of care. And he's looking around. Where is she? What the hell's going on? So then he comes back. Pissed off, saying, looking at an old man on the sidewalk, and yells, My wife is stupid! And the old man responds back with, Mine too! back here on Purple Mafia segment number 2 The roundup segment roundup previews NFC North roundup NFL look around you know you get the idea and kind of putting the playoff picture pieces together here as we're some teams are picking up the pieces and others are getting excited about their future and still others are getting devastated at the last second after such a great season and everything looking so good bam just like that Minnesota Viking fans you think you're having a bad day well Imagine the Oakland Raider fans right now, after all the crappy seasons they've had, and how good they were. Ugh. Mmm. But before I even get into that, <laughs> I gotta backtrack a bit back to the purple. How about that? We get to pile on some more, don't we? Yeah. Well, like, literally during the break, like, right as I finished the first segment, this just started breaking, the news started breaking, <laughs> Xavier Rhodes. This is from the Star Tribune, Andrew Kramer. So, I am citing the correct, uh... <laughs> the correct columnist here and everything. I'm not plagiarizing. I'm giving him the credit where it's due. Star Tribune sports section. Andrew Kramer, Vikings beat writer, said, Xavier Rhodes was instructed by Zimmer to sh- to shadow Jordy Nelson the whole game. When questioned by Andrew Kramer, he said, "To be honest, I really don't. I, I really don't want to answer that." <laughs> and then and that was before he explained what happened. And he says, "As a matter of fact, forget it. We felt as a team, as players, we came together." And we felt like we'd never done that when, the team, <laughs> when we played against the Packers. We'd never done that when we played against the Packers. So against shadowing uh, Nelson. This is the, de- the defensive backs deciding the game plan against one of the best secondary coaches of all time. That's right. Uh, he continues saying, us as DBs, we felt like we could handle him. That's how we felt as DBs. We could say we, we could stay on our side and cover him. In the beginning, we'd always played against them and played our side. So that's what 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 we as DBs went with. DBs, huh? Interesting choice of letters. Douche, but yeah, you get the idea. That's what they're acting like here. Like really? What's re- really? Yeah, he is. He surrendered a couple of first half yardage. Yeah, just a few. Uh, some of that, anyway, um, ultimately the defensive backs gave up the 145 yards and a touchdown to Mr. Nelson, Mr. Jordy Nelson, the second half, only two catches for nine yards, yeah, that's a big difference, there's actually two touchdowns for Nelson, all in the first half, second half, not nearly as effective, Zimmer comes back with, that's what what he was supposed to do the whole game, someone decided they wouldn't do that, hmm, Zimmer said he noticed the change from the sideline when cornerback Terrence Newman approached him about the change. uh, Zimmer continued saying, in the first half, when Terrence Newman came over and said something to me, like, I can cover this guy. Let me have him. Zimmer said, I said, do what you're supposed to do. And then when uh, Newman was asked about the plan to cover Nelson and what changed, Newman said, nothing. I have no idea. Hmm. Leaves you, uh, leaves you uh, just beside yourself. You know so we got our asses kicked by, by Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson because the defensive backs decided they would they would deviate from the game plan? Really? And uh, Zimmer was actually yelling at Rhodes on the sideline, you're supposed to shadow him. You could, you know, he was, there's the picture on the Star Tribune where you see him pointing, yelling at uh, Rhodes, why aren't you covering him? Second half, they went back to it, and things were different. Of course, the Packers had a huge lead. Actually it wasn't that big, but it was bigger than <laughs> it, it, it was a multi score lead at least. So maybe they got a tiny bit more conservative. A tiny bit. Well, not really. <laughs> it's just still you know, everything right now is becoming like a yeah, sure, not really type of thing. Ah uh, that that's kind of what this that's kind of symbolic of the season. We can just keep coming back and saying that. I dare not put that as the title of the show. I don't even know what I want to call it right now. But um I apologize this didn't get in the first segment, but I guess as long as it gets on the show, here we go, like right after the first segment, it is what it is. News is breaking, time's limited, it's holiday weekend, holiday, you know, they're, they're just clomping all over our holiday, aren't they? They're, they're not winning, and then, of course, we have got to get the show out. So, And I want you guys to be able to listen to this show. So thank you again very much for your patience on that. One other thing of note that is pretty important for the future of this team, the immediate future going into the offseason, is the Vikings with the proper cuts of Adrian Peterson, possibly Sharif Floyd, and others, could have up to $50 million, $51 million in cap space. That ain't bad, ladies and gentlemen. That ain't bad, that ain't bad, that ain't bad, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. So we'll, we'll take that. The possibility does exist there that the Vikings could make some type of significant moves for uh, offensive linemen. Obviously, there's via the draft, but then there's free via free agency as well. But yeah, thanks again, Vikings, for clomping on our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but very disappointing the way things turned out. So let's get back to the roundup and and all that good stuff. Uh, Houston beat Cincinnati. They have wrapped up the division championship, one of the easier division championships in the NFL this season. They're only 9-6, and six, so they will host probably Kansas City, depending on how things go. They definitely have a favorable schedule going into the final two weeks. You're, of course, hosting the Denver Broncos tonight on NBC. Denver's not necessarily an easy team and remember last year how they kind of picked up things at the end and went all the way and won the Super Bowl. But of course they were they were they were working with the number 1 seed in the uh, AFC this year. New England's just about that got that thing wrapped up. Uh, I don't think the Raiders have a, have a crying chance of getting it now. Um Kansas City would be playing Denver obviously and then San Diego next week on the road though. So it's like mm, maybe uh the Raiders situation obviously heartbreaking. They would be the number 2 seed Right now, with the first round by, but Kansas City just might steal it away from them. I don't think Kansas City will do much after that, ultimately. Yeah, Oakland's going to Denver next week. Oh, that doesn't look good, Uh, depending on the circumstances. Especially if Denver wins today, they're going to really... Obviously, they're they're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, If they lose today, I'm pretty sure Denver would be knocked out... Not sure the exact circumstances there. Obviously, I'm pretty confident. I mean, uh, Baltimore's always played Pittsburgh well, but Pittsburgh plays Baltimore well, too, sometimes, obviously, and it's in Pittsburgh, so Pittsburgh definitely favored in the afternoon game. Ah, boy, where do we go? (laughs) Where do we go from this? Let's just move on for the time being. Arizona beats Seattle. That's good. Beating up the Seahawks and knocking them out of the number one seed, or out of the number two seed, pardon me, in the NFC. So I I like that. I like that quite a bit. Uh, Seattle would be all the way down to number four if things finish the way they are, and they would be hosting the Giants. Ooh, the winner of that game probably, to me, would be facing Dallas in the NFC Championship game, unless somehow the Cowboys get eliminated early, which, yeah, all the scenarios keep adding up. Maybe Green Bay would knock the Cowboys off. You never know. Like, if they end up being the sixth seed, or maybe Detroit ends up being the sixth seed. Oh, it's all over the place. I think odds actually support... Uh, Green Bay probably being the number three seed, Detroit being the sixth, then Green Bay would go to Atlanta if they wrap up the number two seed. Um, I don't know. I I don't think Green Bay beat Seattle, even though they beat them this year. I don't know if they beat them in the playoffs. Whereas I think the Giants would beat pretty much anybody. Seattle's probably the toughest team for the Giants, I think. I think they could beat Atlanta, Dallas, Green Bay on the road. Detroit, definitely. Uh, Seattle might be the toughest one, so Giants probably hoping that won't be the case there. Too bad things went south for the Giants this past week, but it is what it is. couple of teams that almost never win this year won this week. He got San Francisco 22-21 over Los Angeles Rams. He got it like that. Of course, no more Jeff Fisher there. Good riddance to that. Um, <clears throat> Miami won a thriller over uh, Buffalo, of course, keeping them very much in the playoff picture. Just about wrapping that up. Atlanta crushing Carolina after getting himself back into the number two seed, which is where they were much earlier in the season. Uh, the up again, the Giants got beat by Philadelphia. Some, just one interception after another for Eli Manning. I don't know what happened there. Very crazy. Uh, <clears throat> and then we talk about the major injuries here. Jacksonville and Tennessee, 38-17. to 17. Jacksonville crushes Tennessee, Mariota, everything going south as Tennessee was very much in the playoff picture with an 8-6 record, just like Tampa Bay, you know, very much in the playoff picture. There's, you know, with a nice, you know, <laughs> showing up and ready to roll the past few weeks here until now. Uh Jacksonville crushes Tennessee and Mariota is injured, unfortunately, broken ankle. Sad, very sad to see things end the way they did there for uh, Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans, and of course the Oakland one. Very, very, very sad as uh, Derek Carr, when the Oakland Raiders had a sizable lead, thirty-three to fourteen, goes down in the as he is sacked and he doesn't get up. And you can read his lips as you look later on and like Twitter and other other publications where people are posting uh, up close of what Derek Carr said. Almost right away, he just kind of grabbed his uh, grabbed his ankle. And I read his, you could read his lips, it's like, basically, I think it's broke. And yeah, and that's why you saw, even though the news hadn't broken yet, not, pun definitely not intended, you saw Jack Del Rio, literally, as he was walking on the sidelines, despite the fact the Raiders were in a huge lead, he looked like he had tears in his eyes the rest of the game, because you consider how good this Oakland Raiders team was this year. And to see it literally like vanish before your eyes here, unless somehow this backup quarterback can pull a Jeff settler, we'll see. I mean, it may have to be that way for the Oakland Raiders. I give them almost no chance of beating New England, though. Even if they somehow get to the NFC title game, AFC title game, I'm never going to get that right. (laughs) It drives me crazy. But if you think Viking fans, if you think you're having a bad day, uh, just just put yourself in the put yourself as a Raider fan today, and uh, how sad that must be for them. As just, they had such a great season so much promise way better than even expected and then now I mean yeah I mean they're, they're probably maybe thinking 10 and six 11 and five you know hope for the best see what happens kind of like last year's Vikings and then yeah I mean they might have been 13 and three this year maybe I mean even though winning at Denver is not the easiest thing ever but at minimum 12 and four and number two seed very 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 possible and here you go um they it might get scooped away by Kansas City though in these final two games we'll have to wait and see because San Diego's weird. Uh, Speaking of San Diego, they lose to Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns win their first game of the season. They'll probably finish 1-15, but who knows? I'm not counting on a two-game win streak out of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, New Orleans beat Tampa, and that really, really hurts the Tampa Bay Bay Buccaneers at this stage. They're just barely hanging on. They're still barely in the hunt, as is Washington. Um, Washington has a much better chance of making the playoffs, though, I think, maybe Detroit will miss somehow, but I I don't know. It it all depends. Uh, If Detroit can't beat Dallas and Green Bay, they might end up being the odd men out. Seattle, there's no way they're going to miss. And of course, Green Bay, I mean, uh, if the Vikings could have beat the Packers this weekend, then maybe Detroit would beat them and they'd be completely out. That would have been amazing. They would have been hanging on just like Tampa Bay to Deer Life and having to go to Ford Field or maybe the, the Lions wrap up the division. But now... Now here we are. We might be watching, staring at Green Bay win the division and make a make a little miniature playoff run, only to end because they're they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I'd be beyond shocked if the <laughs> if the Packers won the Super Bowl. I would be more than shocked. I'd be pissed, actually. Ah, uh, New England over New York Jets, forty-one to three, thirteen and two. New England rolling, and I mean rolling, rolling, rolling as they led forty-one nothing in this one. Jets finally had a field goal at the very end, woo hoo, to get uh, something on the board. New England looks like the soon-to-be Super Bowl champions as far as I'm concerned, and it's not just because they like the Patriots, it's because they look to be the next Super Bowl champion the way things are adding up here, and if they aren't, I'd be kind of disappointed. Do you really want Dallas or Green Bay or Seattle to win? Really? And I don't think Oakland has a chance now. There's a possibility, but I think it's very, very slim. Let's get to the NFC North Roundup as brief as it may be of course because I can't even talk about the Detroit Dallas game because it hasn't happened yet because it's Monday night damn it cousins and the skins doing what they did last year hanging on tight and they just might make it 41 to 21 over the Bears not that com- not, not that complicated but too bad the Vikings couldn't do this in Sorcerer Field 41 points yeah the Vikings didn't even come close to that earlier this season and of course the Bears will be the Bears and Vikings will be playing each other coming up next week. Big shocker there, right? <laughs> Washington was really no problem with this club during the day. Kirk Cousins was just accurate, but nothing spectacular. Matt Barkley forced into five interceptions in the game. But now it's like, <laughs> is the secondary going to even do what Mike Zimmer asked him to do? That's the question now. Five interceptions by Matt uh, thrown by Matt Barkley, who'd been promising. He'd, he threw for a lot of yards, 40 attempts in the game, too many attempts. And, of course, they were also trailing the whole way. It was 14-0 Washington at the end of the first quarter, 21-0, 17-0 actually, midway, sorry about that, 17-0 midway through the second quarter along the way before the Bears finally started doing something, but uh, I don't know, Um, I like Jordan Howard an awful lot, again an example of you can get running backs well after the first round in the draft, uh, Jordan Howard really, really stepping up this year, 119 yards in this game, 6.6 yards a carry, 6 touchdowns so far in the season. And that 100-plus-yard game, it got him to almost 1,300 yards on the year. And this is a fifth-round rookie, 11th pick in the fifth round, 2016, out of Indiana, and he's from Birmingham, Alabama, but Indiana's the college, of course. You don't really think of the Indiana Hoosiers in football, and that's why Jordan Howard went fifth overall, fifth round, pardon me, and look at him, look at him. He is a legitimate Pro Bowl running back in this league. (laughs) Dammit. <laughs> Just imagine if the Vikings drafted Jordan Howard. Just imagine how easy it is, too. Fifth-round pick. Just like Stephon Diggs. Fifth round pick, you get a you get a legitimate wide receiver there. Don't use first-round picks on wide receivers anymore. It is the, the it's worked once. Randy Moss, one time. It worked one time, okay? Troy Williamson, bust. <laughs> it worked one time, man. I mean, even Sidney Rice wasn't a first-round pick, but he he was a he was a second-round pick and he was disappointing. Um, Burleson was okay. He was later on in the draft. He was okay, though. Uh, he could go on forever. Uh, Cordell Patterson, you make all these moves. Is he a first-round receiver in this league? No. Laquan Treadwell, is he a first-round receiver in this league? Uh, hell no. He, he, his, his, I don't know. It's like you'd think he'd, he'd have the, the model of a wide receiver, a physical style wide receiver. Maybe, like, you don't want to call him big, but he's a, but he's He's strong. He's strong. Regardless if he's 6'5 or 6'2, which he's 6'2, he's physical and he's capable, you'd think, coming into this league to be something, and you're not seeing anything. The coaches have no confidence to put him in there. I don't know where to go with it. And if you're going to spend a first-round kick on a guy and not play him, something's going on here, and it's total BS. It's sickening, actually, to be quite honest. Uh, Washington had a field day over the uh, Chicago Bears. Hopefully the Vikings can do that as well. Over the Bears, uh, U.S. Bank, next Sunday. To wrap up the season and have a New year's day celebration, woohoo New Year's day baby yeah, <laughs> Minnesota football on New Year's Day isn't that exciting? mm it's about time right because it ain't the gophers is it we, we we had it one time and the town acted like the whole world was uh, a was <laughs> acted like the whole world stopped because gopher football's in the in the in in a Jan one game, but of course they did nothing with it. Thank you very much, thank you very much gophers. I'm not bitter about that at all. Uh, The media coverage is way over the top in that one. So now we sit here. uh, The Vikings should win the game, even though it's like meaningless at this point. It's what you'd call garbage time. (laughs) We should win the game. I mean, Matt Barkley, obviously he's only so good. It's a nooner, of course, next Sunday, as expected. Jordan Howard, though I mean, long, at, at least you're not going to see Jay Cutler hurling the ball. So I think the Vikings win the game. I mean, that, that's one reason. Of course, home game, wrap up the season, have a little pride in yourself. Don't finish under 500. But of course, the momentum of this team tells you they'll be they, they'd lose the game if it wasn't as a team as bad as the Bears right now. They really their best player is Jordan Howard by by a mile. But even Cameron Meredith had a strong game, and Alshon uh, Jeffrey, they have players. If they can have a consistent, talented quarterback, obviously they need to build the offensive line just like we do, and their defense, even though they look like the 85 Bears against us, <laughs> most of the season they've looked like uh, quite the opposite. Like, they look like the 98 Bears, 98 Bears defense, which got torched by Randy Moss, and just about everyone else in the league. It was a joke of a team. Um no disrespect meant necessarily to the players. It just wasn't a good wasn't a good team. wasn't a good mix, and they weren't going to go anywhere, and they knew it. Uh, there's talented players on the Spurs roster, obviously. Guys from from other teams that had that had success, obviously, like Tracy Porter and others. Maybe they're a bit older, Akeem Nix and such, What? I mean, there's no reason this, this Bears offense shouldn't be talented with the right quarterback. But again, coming into this final game, they're thinking about their offseason, and unfortunately, we're thinking about ours as well coming into this one. Got to think we're going to want to finish strong. I would hope that the embarrassment of defensive blacks, like disobeying the coach, hopefully that'll be embarrassing enough to them and to the coach that they'll get this, that they'll go out there and just, you know, shut down the Chicago Bears offense, who's capable of scoring a couple points get the job done, maybe force some turnovers in Matt Barkley, which I think there's no excuse. You've got to get multiple turnovers in Matt Barkley in this game coming up. I mean, there's just no excuse. Why shouldn't the Vikings roll over the Chicago Bears in this game, um, at least defensively? And, of course, the Vikings offense has talent when when uh, Sam Bradford isn't on his back, blah, blah, blah. And we'll talk more about how we feel about Sam Bradford in fan interaction with uh, Trey Buckholtz and others out there on the Facebook page. Um, I think the Vikings' pass rush will exist. I think the Vikings' secondary will force Matt Barkley into turnovers. And, of course, the linebackers, Matt <laughs> Anthony Barr, will hopefully be good like he was in the Green Bay game for the most part. But if Kendricks and uh, Hunter are playing anything like they did in the Packers game, the Bear, the Vikings should win the game easily. Uh, I'll go with the final score in this one of 24 to. 10, 24 to 10, Minnesota should be able to beat up the Bears pretty good, but Jordan Howard, don't be surprised to see him get a decent amount of yardage before the game gets out of hand, Um, and (laughs) he's obviously extremely talented, very consistent, and what a nice future. I wish the Vikings could have Jordan Howard on this roster right now, trust me. I I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't care less if I ever see Adrian Peterson again in a Vikings jersey. God bless him, but it's over. Sorry, it is and he's not going to Dallas anymore either because they got Ezekiel Elliott. (laughs) Unless he wants to be a third down back. Good luck with that, though, because Adrian Peterson's everything but a third down back. He doesn't catch passes. He doesn't pass block, all that. So it is what it is. So there it is. 24 to 10. Woohoo. Going into the final game of the season. Don't expect a big in-depth uh, <laughs> re- preview for that game. It's the final game of the year, a Bears team that their starting quarterbacks been out most of the year. They're terrible. Uh John Fox, I, I I don't know. It's not looking good for him right now. I don't know if they're in a huge hurry to fire him, but I don't know. And of course, the way the Viking season ended and pooping all over every holiday this season. Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas Eve. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much again for that. So we'll be back right after this for some fan interaction. Mm -hmm. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number three, fan interaction segment. Sorry for the delay with this show. Just got to let you know. And, of course, the delays in between the, the segments and such. Uh, yes, it's official. Pittsburgh narrowly defeating Baltimore 31-27. to They are division champions, and there's only one team remaining to, to attempt to knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs. The Dolphins are the only team left that could miss the playoffs, but I think they're going to make it. They're 10-5, uh, having won this weekend. And, of course, Denver still having to play tomorrow night against the Chiefs in KC. The Chiefs have clinched the playoff berth. Oh goody! But uh, it is what it is. Cool team. I mean, I, I love their logo and all that stuff. But uh, the colors, the colors especially. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of faith. So for the Twitter account, it is at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. You'll be hearing a lot of, from Mad Martin, the 2015 Gold Star of the Year Award, and he will. He is definitely a candidate to be one of the three stars of the year award once again. In fact, I think there's a very good, very good chance of it. Um, Merry Christmas again to uh, Dave Martin over there in Northern Scotland. Gotta love the Gotta love those he had the past two weeks. Hope he calls in again. Um, didn't call in this week. I understand if you're busy. I could understand without a doubt. That's why the show has been delayed. I mean, it's the the date of this show. Kind of weird, you know, you got Christmas Eve, and then, of course, you know, Christmas Day, all these activities. Luckily, I was able to record part of it here and there, but uh, here we are again. I mean, a lot of podcasters do this, actually, to be quite honest, so long as we get the content up correctly for those of you, the listeners, you don't want to give you the wrong stuff. Mad Martin says, so I've looked at the past 10 drafts, which Rick's been involved in. Bloody hell, it's not, it's not very good, and 2016 looks like a disaster. So far, it's really bad. It's really bad indeed. You have Laquan Treadwell, number one. McKenzie Alexander out of Clemson, uh, 54th overall, second round. I'm hoping, still hoping, still, but it was a disaster of a rookie year, without a doubt. Terrible. I mean, nothing really good about McKenzie Alexander to open things up. Looks good in the preseason, but again, I know how that is. Third round was gone. Ultimately not available. It was traded to Miami and the conditional picks in 2017 and such like that. The Dolphins were trading up. We end up with Willie Beavers. Fourth round has done absolutely nothing. Ended up getting cut out of camp and then reacquired but never played it down. Kentrell Brothers is okay. He might have actually contributed more than anybody else in this draft so far this year which is unbelievable. Kentrell Brothers, linebacker out of Missouri. Fifth round pick. Kentrell Brothers a special teams player who has not been bad honestly. Uh, Moritz Bowringer, who, really, out of Germany in the sixth round, great, uh, we ended up creating Gerald Hodges, who was, I thought, a pretty good linebacker, but apparently character issues were a problem, haven't really heard from him ever since, um, Morris Bowringer, sixth round, again, another guy you haven't heard from, he's just been rotting on the practice squad, um, and then all kinds of, you know, there's always a bajillion trades, David Morgan, sixth round pick, he caught his first pass the other day, but maybe he's still got somewhat of a future, but good luck playing behind, uh, Kyle Rudolph and, uh, Mike Hole Pruitt, Stephen Weatherly, linebacker Vanderbilt, mm, J. Ron Kearse. A lot of people like him. A uh, safety out of Clemson. We'll see. Still, still has a chance. Uh, a lot of people do like him. He just He's just getting started. Of course, 2015 brought you, you know, T.J. Clemmings, but it also brought you Daniel Hunter in the third round. Fantastic pick. So there's all kinds of good and bad. Trey Waynes at 11, I think, doesn't look good. Uh, 45th, Eric Hendricks looks great. Uh, 11th overall for Trey Waynes, though. No, uh, he hasn't lived up to being the 11th overall pick in that draft. There's still a possibility, but <laughs> Xavier Rhodes jumped up a lot quicker than Trey Waynes did. So let's be honest here. Let's let's be fair. Anthony Barr has not lived up to the 9th overall pick. Things looked good early on, but not since. Not since. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, 96th, 3rd overall pick, or 3rd round pick in 14. Not bad. So it's like you bounce around all over the place. XM is just, yeah Antoine XM. Uh, So many of these other names that haven't done anything. Shamar Steffen's not bad, actually, for a 7th round defensive tackle. He has not been bad. So, not bad there. I'm bouncing too much with saying the same word. (laughs) 13, Floyd. 23rd. eh. 25th for Xavier Owens. That's a great pick. Cordell Patterson, 29, is awful considering what you gave up for him. Not only did you take him in the first round, but what the flip did you give up for this guy? (sighs) And it's all over the place. you got a lot of guys that you don't really hear from ever. Due to uh, injuries or whatever. They just weren't that good. Now, Maudie was let go. He still has a future in this league. But, of course, he had three ACLs in college. That was a seventh-round pick in 13. I'm bouncing all over the place. Jeff Locke, fifth-round pick in 14 or 13, pardon me. Looks like an okay punter, but it took a while. It took till this year. And, of course, Hodges as well, fourth-round pick. I liked him, but something something was amiss there with young Mr. Gerald Hodges. So, yep, there you go, Dave. Always getting me going, but that's good. It's good. It's conversation starting, thought-provoking. Thank you, Dave. That is exactly what you want on a show, and it helps me, you know, it just brings more information to the show, obviously, gets me going, gets me digging and such, and good job. Um, And those are just the recent drafts, of course. Like, you know, there's so many. you, You look at this, it's starting to look like, you know, it's not quite as bad as Doug Raisra with the Wild, where it's like maybe the first round pick does something. At least the first few first round picks during his tenure with the Wild did something and the rest of the draft, absolutely nothing. Nothing. And then it got to a point even the first round picks were complete, total, utter busts, and you had nothing after that. That is horse shit. Pardon my French, but I have to say that. Um you you are getting a lot of that. The twenty twelve draft or twenty eleven, Kyle Rudolph is he's okay, but mm, I don't think he's a star. Ponder, awful, 12th pick. Christian Ballard, not even an NFL player. Brandon Burton was a cornerback. He, 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 DeMarcus Love, awful. Mr. O. Raymond, eh, you know, um, I don't know. Brandon Fusco, eh, and the rest of that, eh. You know, Stephen Burton I kind of liked, but 7th round pick, wide receiver, kind of didn't really have much of a chance and he can go on forever. Nate Tripler was another 5th round a linebacker that didn't even make the club out of camp. I mean, that's bullshit, man. Pardon my French. I'm still going. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm dragging this, but then again, see, we're talking about something other than just Vikings-Packers because that game, you know what? And the seasons, and the season playoff-wise is over. We just get to wrap things up against the Bears. Little mop-up duty, isn't that exciting conversation? That's why I didn't even want to preview the game because who the hell cares? You know? Yeah, we're probably going to win the game and we're going to finish eight and eight. And you know, and uh, 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 2010. What a pile of frickin' caca. But you did get Everson Griffin in the fourth round because of character issues in Southern Cal, hundredth overall pick, literally one hundredth. He's turned out to be a very good player, but he's boy. Those some of those penalties are pissing you off, but those are not the reasons he slipped to the fourth round. There were other off-field character issues. Yeah, you traded down, and you got Chris bleepin Cook, thirty-fourth. God, God, Toby Gerhardt, ooh, 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 with your with your real second-round pick, fifty-first overall, Toby Gerhardt. Oh, ho oh, oh, boy. He's the next Bill Brown, yeah. No, BS. You know, absolute BS. And the rest of the choices were crap. Joe Webb, okay, cute little, cute little one right there. But okay, let's move on. I, I just can't help it. But uh, Mad Martin says, interesting to go back and look. I had forgotten so many of those draft choices. No wonder we are where we are. And damn right, no wonder we are where we are. You know, you get a couple of cute little seventh rounders that might do something. Other than that eh, and then the first rounder might make the team, you know, obviously they're going to make the team, I would hope, might make a couple of, might, might make a couple waves, and then take a crap after that, sometimes, sometimes, okay, but, um, yeah, whatever, some of those, he wasn't in full control, but he still was kind of, you know, he was the vice president of ops still, so that still counts for something, uh, Dave says, Faith, I've lost that, Merry Christmas, my friend, just started watching a bad move, I'm guessing bad movie, I'm guessing, normal service this year inside the, the 10 field goal, yep, as he's responding to me when I was talking about the, uh, yep, yet another red zone BS, got to finish there, and yeah, Um passes that should be caught, passes that should be completed, that type of thing, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, Um Dr. Nosmo King, whoa, that is some serious wind going on out there, kind of cool actually. Dr. Nosmo King, though, was saying it was a weak call, and I was mad at Serral's for just a stupid hand-to-the-face call. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. But um, it was kind of a weak call, but also still, don't tempt thy fates. Tempt not thy fates, son. Uh, mad Martin says inside the 20 field goal coming. Yep, second time in a row there. Delay of game. Yep, he was mad about the delay of game call uh, because just stupid, out-of-control play. Yeah, mm. Yep, and I remember saying, how oh, 2016 will be remembered as red zone equals field goal. Oh, and now we fumble. Yep, and that was, again, the, uh, that was uh, Mr., uh, uh, I don't even want to go back on it anymore. That guy, just, uh, <laughs> the, the the young center there. Uh, it says, love 19, yep, 70, yep, he loves uh, Adam Thielen, 71 yard, longest play of the season. And it's like, it took that long for the longest play of the season. And in a point where we were getting eliminated. Mm. Uh, Mad Martin saying, so this GM first priority signed Adam Thielen to a new deal? I hope so. Um, Yeah, and they should be able to give him a decent amount of money without going crazy and of course you got 51 million possible free for the salary cap because of, uh, well, you know, you're gonna you've got to cut Adrian Peterson. If you're gonna bring him back, it's gotta be pennies on the dollar. He's gotta be absolutely willing to say, I really want to retire here and blah 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 and, uh, you know, but you know, I don't even want to give him the ball anymore because I'm sick and tired of watching the fumbles. I mean, you know, do you see, do you see Jarek McKinnon fumbling? Do you even see Matt Asiata fumbling? And if you do, it's like once in a blue moon. Not every God blank time. It's a close game. I'm pardon my language. I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm just, you know, it leaves you at a point where you just want to curse the guy out. You want to throw bricks at the TV. You want to throw bricks at at, at Adrian. I can't take it anymore. Stop fumbling the ball. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you just can't take it anymore. Vikings Gab responding to both me and Dave saying that was our chance to come back and get something going. Damn it. And that was during the. That was during the. Uh, yep. Cut me up, Clemmings. Yes, stupid. Uh, another sack. That ended up being a strip sack. Yep, that was the strip sack when we were again looking to have a you know, we we were driving down the field, we were at midfield and things were looking very easy, and the, just another strip sack, and yes okay, go ahead and blame Sam Bradford for that, okay, you know, yes maybe protect the ball a little better, watch out you know, but it doesn't help when the guy is supposed to be protecting your backside is not protecting your backside, you know it kind of helps when maybe he, you know, maybe there isn't somebody there constantly, but um ah, whatever ugh Mad Martin says, just sums up the season on that fumble. And it just continues. The Vikings, he had, they had uh, talking about the total yards and such. Uh, here we go. Mad Martin wrapping, uh, kind of in wrap-up mode, saying, I have nothing left to say about this bleeping O-line. A lot of Zimmer hate today. Zimmer shouldn't be fired. Spielman should be fired. Shermer should be launched into the toilet. Yeah, I mean, I think Spielman's job should be in question. Um, he's be- He's been better Then, again, Doug Reisbrow. But Reisbrow, it's like, no-brainer. How could you not fire him? It's amazing. That guy with the Minnesota Wild lasted 10 years. And I keep bringing that up because you look at drafts when literally nobody did anything. I mean, how the hell can you keep your job for 10 freaking years? I I couldn't believe it. Doug Reisbrow should have been fired at least within the six-year period because too many misses, man. And those final four years, it was everybody. Everybody was a miss. That's embarrassing. Um... Dave Martin was saying, so the locker room's doing its own thing and not following Zimmer's game plan. Time to change the locker room, he thinks. Yes. And that tells you the whole situation with the, uh, yeah, the whole secondary and, uh, Xavier Rhodes and such. And I was talking to him about that and he said, unbelievable. Hope you're having a great Christmas day. Think we need to forget the purple for at least a day. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, well, Uh, I wasn't able to forget him completely because I got to get back on here and finish this show up, my man. So, but yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Dave Martin, and all of you out there. Uh, Happy holidays to those of you that don't celebrate it. Um, I'm proud to say I do celebrate it, though, and you have every right to be proud to celebrate whatever you celebrate. So let's rock and roll. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show for the Facebook page. Do give the Twitter a follow if you could though. All this information will be in the show description. I will mention the phone line all right now. Let's get it done right now. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Purple Mafia Show. And statement, shout out, comment, question. Keep it to a minute, maybe three, dead maximum. Like uh, Dave Martin did last week, It was just awesome. Um, or actually, was his first call was a little longer. I can't remember. Um, can't remember if it was his first or a second one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Great calls though. Um, very welcome on board. There, that's the regular phone line, and then there's the call now button, which would take you to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger, and you can rock and roll that way, which is greatly appreciated same thing and then of course the uh, audio submission route which is again a a podcaster's term where you just record it yourself on your smart device with a audio recorder whatever it is and treat it the same as a phone call and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com dare we continue where we left off if it's humanly possible man there's a lot of junk up here isn't there Hmm. I don't even know if it's possible to continue where we left off I thought I knew what I was doing no I know I do Uh, Hopeless in Minneapolis that was the previous show, a couple comments on there, that was episode 233 and I was saying yes, the show length is correct, thank God, Justin Mayor Henry says, one hour and 29 minutes for that game, you sir are a legend, thank you so much, Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, it's true Justin Mayor Henry is from Colorado along with his brother Josh, Uh, Mark Carlson says, I'd like to hear Joey Awajin go on a rant, I have enjoyed a few over the years Oh, there were many Ponderants that come to mind. That was another great episode. Looking forward to the playoff episodes. Thank you very much, Mark, out of Iowa. Um, I love doing the playoff episodes. The numbers drop a little bit. Not 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 quite as much as, like, say, February, March. The numbers are almost like, almost oh, it's unbelievable. It's like down to almost half or even less. They, they drop a bit, though, as you get into the playoffs, particularly if the Vikings aren't there. If they are there, they go up. They increase even more. But... Um, they drop a little bit, but God, I enjoy doing those shows. It's so fun to talk about all that. You know, just the action. I mean, playoff football is the best playoffs there is because it's all or nothing right there. One game to decide everything. And you get some unbelievable competitiveness, some great comebacks, some strong defensive stands, some great plays, and history is made in front of your very eyes on that on that screen, which is now a little bit wider than it used to be back in the day. Uh, So let's keep moving. Tom Johnson, uh, I was talking about how the Vikings placed Tom Johnson on the IR, and they signed a defensive tackle, Toby Johnson. No response to that, but a little like there. A couple of likes there. Uh, Adrian Peterson has played his last, I was asking people, has Adrian Peterson played his last game for the Vikings? Generate a little conversation, because why not? It's kind of an important topic. Um, I say yes. I say yes. I say adios amigo that's my opinion but let's hear from other people gerald string says that would be my guest gerald string out of nebraska the gold star winner for 2014 bill carr says i hope and welcome aboard bill carr if you're new to posting i don't recognize your name uh, maybe you've posted a couple times justin mary henry says i honestly hope so the money needs to be spent elsewhere uh-huh it has been so much fun to watch well minus the last few years dude has nothing to prove anymore. As far as play goes, I wish him the best, but from a business and overall team standpoint, him leaving is for the best. Star candidate Justin Mayer-Henry with that comment. Yes, the money needs to be spent elsewhere. You need to shift that money around to offensive line or obviously, well, yes, and, and, or guys like, you know, Adam Thielen when they're up for the contract, stuff like that. Uh, Sebastian, yep, Sebastian as well, Sebastian Barton saying, I hope so too, Sebastian Balls, Trey Buckle says, nope so he basically is saying he's he's basically hoping it's not Adrian's last game and that uh, he thinks he'll be back next year not sure, um, maybe, maybe not, I mean it's, if he comes back it better be at a very reduced salary though, Patrick Grant says, probably his age, salary and fumble histories might seal his fate." I agree I do. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, I hope so. Need an offensive line? Yes, sir, my friend. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota and a Hall of Famer for those uh, in-game threads, of course. Ali Siddiqui says, yes, love him, but it's time to move on. He's declining and use the ultra, <laughs> use the extra space to get linemen. Yeah, see? Good job, guys. Good job. Good job, Ali, there, too. Uh, I agree with that, and I'm not necessarily trying to poo-poo anybody that wants Adrian back but it's smart business here this, you know this is this is a business and do you want to do you want to have everything thrown in one area in an area that's failing miserably i mean i don't know um that's just how i look at it honest to god uh we're not at the threads yet even i'm going to I'll dig in the in thread a tiny bit just for fun because i think the last few bits there were you know almost post ish because it was like post ish uh, Justin Mayor Henry saying, on the first day of Christmas, the Vikings gave to me a loss and some PTSD. Yep. <laughs> nice. Uh, why didn't I click like? There we go. Okay. Uh, Mayor Henry continues saying, Bradford isn't to blame for the total destruction of this entire team. Where's? Yeah, I got to go back. I got to get uh, Trey Buckles. Here we go. This is very important. Um, This is it. Trey Buckholz, yeah, this is why I wanted to come in here, because it's a conversation. Trey Buckholz, who's been a loyal listener for a while, he often brings in a little devil's advocate, which is okay. It's it's okay, you know, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Thank you for being a loyal listener, Trey, though. He's mentioned that in the past. Um, he says, Bradford is what's killing us. Blame the line. He said, blame the line, but it's on him. Last week, his horrible pick at the 20, earlier in the year on 4th and 20, with no time. Left, he takes a huge sack. Bad about, uh, yeah. He's tell he has a tough time about getting the ball uh, away sometimes. Yes, uh, it seems like every quarterback we've ever had does that, though. I, I don't know. And I put the words whatever, but that was not at Trey Buckholz. He he kind of thought it was. I wrote whatever, but that was not to him. It was the stupid because I'm not one of those people that's easily offended and writes that. That's for that's for the young crowd, especially Timberwolves fans that are maybe like in their 20s. That's how, that tends to be how they react, all oversensitive. That's not me, I'm telling you, it's not. Um, I was responding to uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers again, you know, one that's like 15 yards away from pay dirt, whatever, and he looks around, nobody's open, and then scampers, and nobody, t- nobody gets to him, and it's just exhausting to watch because we've been watching that all season. Regardless of how good your defense supposedly is, they can never stop a mobile quarterback in that situation, and it's just beyond... Comprehension. The frustration on that, on that play bothers me as much as Adrian fumbling. You just want to destroy everything in sight when you see that happening. I hate it. Okay. Trey Buckholz, and that's not him, that's not showboating, that's not grandstanding. That is exactly my emotions for that situation. I hate it. <clears throat> Trey Buckholz says Can you dispute the fact that he has killed more drives than anybody this year? No, you can't because it's the truth. The master of the checkdown. Uh I I don't know, I don't know. Honest, uh, he's checked down, but I think the offensive line has killed him too. It's a combination of both. I mean, if he's too slow at getting rid of the ball and the whole checkdown Charlie statement, uh, I I I don't think it's as black and white as you're putting it, Trey. But that's that's the way I look at it it's a, it's a, there's a lot of things wrong here, man. And I'm not convinced. I'm not, I am not all in signing Sam Bradford to a five-year extension. If you want my opinion on that, which I'm sure you do. If you listen to the show, I, I'm not ready to sign Sam Bradford to a five-year extension. I'm not, he has had a good year and they're going, his, his agents are going to blame the line say, Hey, what is he supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. He's only had four turnovers. Uh, for interceptions. He's had other turnovers. (laughs) And basically, every turnover Sam Bradford's had has been like, oh, shit. Like, literally, like, brutal. Like, it kills you. That's the crappy part. He doesn't have a lot of them, but when he does have them, it's like game over type stuff. And man, I've been swearing too much today, and I apologize to those of you that might not want to hear that. Um, I don't think it's as black and white as you're putting it there, though. I I really don't. Um, I responded to him with, I respect his argument. At the end of the day, I'm not convinced, yep, Sam Bradford, that there's not... We don't have the right player at any position on this team, particularly the offense, except for Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Um, I don't even like Cordero Patterson. I think he's a bit player at best. Uh, and I was telling him I wasn't saying the whatever to him. It was more about reeling at Rodgers, and he's saying he's in a car, but he heard the play happen. Um, Justin Marion, Henry says, the biggest issue has existed for the life of this team. It's the fact Minnesota Vikings just can't win. Look at some of the monster teams and players we've had over the years. This team just cannot push through. They always find a way to lose. We could have the Dallas O line with Brady throwing the ball to a vintage Moss and still find a way to lose. And you know what? That's what ninety eight was like. We had the we had probably the best offensive line in football that year. They were awesome, except for Todd Stukey and his gall dang fuck freaking false starts. Oh my gosh, let's edit that out. <laughs> yeah, his freaking false starts, but I, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, the guy. The guy just, you know, he could drive you absolutely nuts with that. But anyhow, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Brett McCarthy, and we did find a way to choke that, but you had a quarterback that had no playoff success. That's the problem, where if you did have Brady, I would hope, would hope, it wouldn't kill us. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, just got to a TV. Ben, uh, listening to uh, listening on the radio, our defense is terrible. Can't cover Nelson. Nope, and because they chose not to cover Nelson. That's the problem. They chose not to to shadow Nelson when the coach instructed them to, and it would have been a lot better if they did. We still might not have won the game, but mm, I think our chances would have been a little better. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, this has turned out to, to be a case of more of the same. Not enough offense to keep up with the Packers. Wide open offense, especially Rodgers and Nelson combo. And yeah, we learned more about what happened there. The Viking D giving up lots of huge plays lately, again, yeah, (laughs) just one year I ask if they are going to suck, then let it be at the beginning of a season and not another late season collapse, yeah, just if you're going to suck, suck the whole year and get a really high draft pick, I guess, you know, I mean, it's like, I guess that's what you got to hope for in such, in such situations. Mayor Henry says which we just the team just loves to tease us every single year and that's Justin. Yep. I'd like to see Josh Mayor Henry post some more too. Uh, I'd like to see hear from both of you guys. I like yeah, like Josh often has some really good takes too. Um, so shout out to Josh come 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 back on here join Justin in the conversation as well if you could. <laughs> if you're if you're a regular listener Brett McCarthy says uh, all I want for Christmas is to see Aaron on the turf doing the crappy flop. After, uh, after Kendrick hits him, <laughs> Tony Coleman is third and nine. Let's pass short behind the line of scrimmage. That seems like a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's a good one, too. Gerald String says, this is going to suck. I don't think we have had a losing record since that weird 49ers loss on a Monday night to start the season last year. And you are correct. After that, things got dramatically better for the Vikings. We are below 500. We'll probably finish at 500, which is the most exciting thing ever. Timberwolves are just starting christmas day basketball for the first time in their uh existence nice that's crazy that the whole garnett era no sunday basketball kind of weird but we were never great except for that one one year and the schedule was already made by then uh gerald's saying continuing uh, saying okay joey looks like it's a like it's safe to roll out the postgame thread and i took forever getting around to that so i apologize Brad mccarthy and i was thinking of doing that too it says, well, boys, it's been an unforgettable season, LOL, in the famous Vikings family saying, we will get them next year. Skull. Oh! Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Also yeah, also out of South Dakota. That is, says the Vikings stocking tomorrow morning, and it's a rock in the stocking. Yep, I agree. In a nice red stocking. Justin Maroney says, Vikings have to troll the entire fan base. Tony comes back saying, could be worse. Just uh, Cleveland just got their first win today, and that would be really embarrassing. Oh my God, Justin wrapping up this section saying, you guys want to file a class action lawsuit against the Vikings organization for abuse? Yeah, one of these days, right? Or like get their money back for all the expensive tickets. I, I don't know. And I'm not one of those crying babies saying, oh, Ziggy will uh, swindled the public. Ah, you know what? It is what it is. Call it corruption. Call it BS. But it is what it is. You want football? That's just how it operates. I'm sorry, it's how it operates. It it, it is what it is, man. I mean, there's going to be corruption. I'm sorry, and it is what it is. Okay, post-game thread. Justin says, we got this next year. Never been so happy to be done with the season before. What a dumpster fire. It all turned into yet another rebuilding year. Brett McCarthy says, AP gone. Get an offensive line. Glad it's come to an end. Amen. Hallelujah. Gerald String says, Tarkenton for Adam Thielen. Ponder to, where do you even begin to start? Offensive line, defense, last two Spielman forgot to mention that's still a run game. Um, I, I gave it to TJ Clemmings, but upon hearing that bull crap, it's going to the secondary for deliberately disobeying your head coach. The secondary gets the Ponder Award for what they did. That is horse crap. And yes, the defense the last two games. Yeah, I mean, it's like offensive line was really bad. And TJ Clemings especially. Defense the last two games. Yep, Spielman forgot to mention that stellar run game. And if this continues, he might be called the Spielman Award if, if this continues. <laughs> but okay, I, I got to cut that out. Bill Carr says, hey, we have a new stadium out of the dismal year, LOL. Yep. It figures too. Isn't that just like the Twins? They got their new stadium. They had that good year in 2010, and then the same old thing, Yankees. Oh, the Yankees are coming to town. We have home field advantage over the Yankees, and we still get swept. Oh, give me a break. And that's basically what happened with that. Those are kind of cool uniforms. Kind of like the, the old North Star. Like the, well, the the latter North Stars where it's black and green rather than, I mean, I, I like the green, gold, white ones, but yep, and notice I mentioned white, not just green and gold, because you don't want to think about green and gold, anything um, But yeah, they look like the North Stars when they, you know, got the black jerseys in the in the early '90s. There, the early '90s. So Tony Coleman says next year playoff run and a Super Bowl at home. I freaking hope so, my friend. It, it, it's time, and that that's uh, the happiest ending ever if, that, if things ended up that way. Mark Carlson says, "Hey, Purple Mafia, I missed most of the game. Got off work in time to hear." The two-minute warning when I turned on the radio in the car, and I can't believe the score. What the hell happened? Annoyed to hear the hated Go Back Go chant. Oops. Why in the hell? The Go Back Go chant. So clearly over the radio, depressing. Should drive straight to the bar. Merry Christmas and special shout-out to Sebastian Barton. Sebastian balls up skull mark from Iowa, and Sebastian responds with skull to you. Can't wait for the draft, to be honest. I agree. I can't wait for the draft either. Leland out of Iowa says I really thought when I see this game on the schedule that it would be for the division title. I thought so too. Just like last year. Maybe uh, one team is going to be 12 and 4 like I picked and the other will be 11 and 5. I thought it exactly what was going to happen. Whatever. Here we are. Garbage. 8 and 8 at best. At best we're going to be 8 and 8. Oh my gosh. Oh. Injuries plagued this season and made this game a go pack go show. Mm. P- mm. that might be an idea, though I probably shouldn't put that up there, should I? As the title of this episode, <laughs> it's tempting. Uh, Peterson has been an expensive bench warmer, and it just might be time to unload some deadweight and Zimmer, oh, I know what I'm going to call it, and Zimmer, to gain control of this team. Now it's time to finish off the traditional Southern Comfort and eggnog. He, I mean hit the bed, and dream of what might have been. Yep. Merry Christmas to my Purple Brothers, sisters, and everything in between. Oh, boy. Ooh. Oh, boy. (laughs) Everything in between, huh? (laughs) Merry Christmas, Leland out of Iowa. Thank you very much, Leland Elbertson. Thank you. Awesome comments there, though. Um, Awesome comments. I think Leland should be a star candidate for this episode. Uh, Gerald, like, always is, almost by default. Same with, like, Mark Carlson, Dave Egg. You guys, always, you know. Just awesome, um, and I posted up the whole insubordination going on. Tony says pathetic. So now the team is literally sabotaging itself. Gerald String says sad, and Leland says sounds like a dispute with management. You have to admit it's been a dismal year. You're damn right it has. Uh, let's check for some visitor posts. Maybe a little teeny tiny bit here and there. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. A couple on Friday, few on Friday there, and okay. James Beck. Here we go. This guy, I think, is a star candidate, too. Uh, he says, hey, Joey, thanks for reading out, reading out my post in the podcast to clear up confusion. I'm from Yorkshire in the UK. Nothing so exotic as Australia, unfortunately. But no, UK is great, too, and great history, too, as well, for a long time there. I was speaking of soccer. And yes, uh, in Australia, they like it's something like Australian football called footy. My, my buddy Vince Germano... Uh, uh, I know him very well from obviously the Timberwolves Explosion show and the Courtside Podcast, great basketball show. That if you like basketball, please check that out. Timberwolves Explosion too. But um, yeah, I uh, first met him through that, Timberwolves Explosion. Just one of, one of the greatest guys on earth from Australia. and He's his, uh, also Hank McCoy. His uh, the actual the alpha dog of the courtside podcast. Man, those guys are cool. But yeah, you often hear him talk about footy, and that's Australian football. So uh, James Beck says, "I was speaking of soccer, but I really dislike calling it that." Thanks for your work here. You are really helping we get to grips with the American form school. And thank you very much, James. You are a star candidate, my friend. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to do this show for you. Um, so we continue. Ali Siddiqui, thank you for posting your articles. Great, great uh, columnist on Pro Football Spot. Great writer on there. ProFootballSpot.com. Uh, for the Vikings particularly, really good writer. Saying all the five takeaways Vikings got destroyed by Colts. Playoffs, hopes get slimmer. And that was on the last week's game. Uh, Tony Coleman was showing how it's a 1% chance for the Vikings to make it. Yep, and then the whole, you know, everybody loves the classic, uh, what's his uh, dumb and dumber line where, He says, So you're telling me there's a chance? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Oh boy. And that's basically what it is. Brent Jacobson says, Adrian Peterson ruled out for week 16 versus Green Bay. At this point, I'm done with him. I don't want him in purple again. He's probably, he probably is done and should retire. Amen. Hallelujah, Brent. I agree 100%. And I love the hat there. He's wearing a green North Star hat. I actually have that exact hat. I think, or at least one that looks exactly the same. Green North Star hat. Speaking of, you know, referencing the North Stars of the Wolves there in the background. Yeah, that is the exact hat. Oh, I love him. I love that. I love that team and logo. <sighs> Wrapping things up here pretty quick. Ali posting about how the flashback Friday, the Vikings beat the Packers 34-17 in the 2004 playoffs. That was a fun, fun, fun game. And I do believe this was the one. Yep, this was the one where Randy Moss did the infamous... Uh, uh, fake moon, yes, it was, this was the one, 2004, and then of course, Mr., uh, yeah, Jackass, no, not Jackass, Mr. Joe Buck was saying, oh, what a disgusting display, all that, and then Tony Coleman says, the Vikings avoided disaster when landing in Green Bay today, they're skidded off the runway, and yes, that was a story, I didn't talk about it, and I probably should have, but slightly distracted with the game itself, um, I'm glad they were, were all right after that but it certainly was an indication with what kind of a game and what kind of a season it's been. Just everything sucks. 2010 was weird and it sucked. 2013 was really weird and it sucked. And 2016 is just another one. Another 2010, another 2013 just weird and it sucks like what the hell just weird stupid things happening like 2010 you had the dome collapse the, the ceiling and 13 with the josh freeman and 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 rick's feeling whispering and josh freeman's ear and christian ponder uh, the, the the cracked rib that probably wasn't real or just the weirdest reason like oh i got home and i heard i was injured i got home and i heard i was injured yeah that, that's kind of suspicious don't you think <laughs> and people telling Samantha Ponder uh, murder your husband on Twitter. What the hell? Kind of weird. Um, the Matt Castle Inn, but, oh, but Ponder gives us the best chance to win. Yeah, that was 2013. I don't even want to go back to that again. Oh, But we kind of did in the second half of this year. Very similar. Um, Bull crap, man. So let's wrap things up before this gets much longer. Uh, gold star for this episode is Justin Mayer-Henry. Silver star for this episode is James Beck. And uh, Now I'm starting to lose it already. James Beck um, and Leland is going to also share a silver star and then Mark Carlson and Gerald Spring will share a bronze star with Brent Jacobson. I'm going crazy but it's a season of giving. Season of giving. I'm going to pass out like multiple stars here today. So season of giving. Got to pass it out always to you guys. Thank you very much for your inclusion on this show. I hope you had a good Christmas. I really do and I'm sorry the Vikings screwed up holiday. Uh, screwed up holidays, screwed up all the holidays, Uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas Eve slash Christmas for you this year. I'm very deeply sorry. I'm sorry that I had to come in here and be my, well, you know, just be the bearer of bad news or, or whatever. It's not really news, but bearer of depressing conversation. Thank you for including yourself on this show, though. I really do appreciate it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it and that's why I keep doing it because I know you're there listening and I know you want me to get behind the mic and do this show. Um, it's it's just a deep honor to me. you know. It really is because I'm the kind of guy, I grew up with people telling me basically shut up, he talks too much and he's just rambling on about nothing, babbles on mindlessly. But to hear that you want me behind the mic talking to you about the Vikings, it's just, you don't have no idea how much that means because you know, I'm almost getting teary-eyed because thinking about the past when I would hear that from people. That's no joke, man. I mean, I, I often hear heard that. Basically, he needs to shut up. He never stops talking. Who cares? Blah blah blah. No one cares what you have to say. Well, it's nice to know that though that they were wrong. They were wrong. <laughs> Thank you guys for proving them wrong. I appreciate that. So it's a deep it's a deep hunter to be able to come behind the mic and to, uh, present this to you. Week in week out during the season and off and on during the off season, particularly you know around the draft, around free agency, um, all that good stuff. Um, it's training camp, all that stuff, and just catch up shows here and there, like May, June, something like that, early July to kind of get things kind of kind of get the kind of mop up a little bit and to get things ready for the uh, training camp again, all that good stuff. But of course, the playoff shows just an absolute pleasure to do that. All the way from training camp to the Super Bowl. Just an absolute pleasure. Um it's challenging sometimes, of course, because some sometimes it's just, you know, it's depressing watching the team when they just they just the weird years like I talked about extensively. And of course the uh the odd uh comings and goings and sometimes sometimes I'm just not feeling my best or other crap is going on. You, you know, we all have our personal lives. Just just things happen, you know, and it's not always the happiest day of your life. You know, not every day is. Uh, difficult timing to record, all that, but uh, I'm glad to say I got through this whole year without interruption. Of course, at least we got one more game to do, and that one shouldn't be a problem, God willing. <laughs> Knock on wood, somewhere around here. Last year, obviously, there was a slow start to very slow start to the season because of the marriage and my wife being sick and all kinds of weird stuff happening. I'm um, Not sick, but being, you know, a lot of weird stuff going on, so I couldn't keep up. So I, do, again, apologize for all that. Um but we're done with all that now uh, for the time being, hoping I will continue to have a consistent uh, release of this show. I'm glad I've been able to do that, and I want to thank you all so much. Please do tell your friends about the show if you like it. Please write a positive rating on iTunes. It's been a while. I'll be giving you a shout out and a star on the upcoming show uh, as soon as I see it. I'll try to check it very frequently so I know if somebody did write something. Of course, Stitcher, I do believe you can write uh, reviews also. Thank you again. For all that, I want to hope you had a. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I, I went on about Christmas in the previous. I uh, was a two shows ago, but then of course the whole thing was looped and weird and double length. I don't know what the hell. But for those of you that heard that, thank you for listening to that. Hopefully it didn't get too weird and repetitive because of the weird issue going on. But yep, I uh, love the tree. I hate to see the season come to an end because it's coming to an end. But we I never take the tree down before the end of December. Uh, I swear I'm going to leave it up a little bit into January and those of you that leave your Christmas lights on through the month of January maybe even to February on on your houses I'm not mad at you at all it's beautiful it's a pleasure to enjoy that during the course of winter so it kind of takes away from these dark depressing days that we've had with this freaking rain I'd rather have cold and snow instead of like semi semi warm and rainy I hate it so that's just me um hope y'all again safe happy Hey, safe and happy Merry Christmas, all that. And uh, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Take care, everybody. We'll be back next week with the 8 and 8 Vikings. Woo-hoo!